On this week's episode, Nada, a wanderer without meaning in his life, discovers a pair of sunglasses capable of showing the world the way it truly is. As he walks the streets of Los Angeles, Nada notices that both the media and the government are compromised of subliminal messages meant to keep the population subdued and that most of the social elite are skull-faced aliens bent on world domination. With the shocking discovery, Nada fights to free humanity from the mind-controlling aliens. This is Movie Time Machine. Hello and I want to welcome you to another episode of Movie Time Machine where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie is They Live, released in 1988, directed by John Carpenter, starring the rowdy Roddy Piper, Keith David, and Meg Foster. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you to my Time Machine co-host today, Jamie. Why don't we just talk about uh, what we've been watching and um, after that we'll get to our movie discussion. Hey, this is Jamie, and I've been watching a lot of the news and banner updates on my phone. As you might not know by now, if you don't have the internet or TV, uh, coronavirus is rampant across the world. So this isn't just an us problem. This is a global problem, as we always knew it would be. Those of us who are paying attention, RE, not the president. But (laughs) it's here now, and (laughs) I'm just tracking uh, what I can learning everything I can for myself. Um, I don't have the authority or the knowledge to say, you know, what we should do, shouldn't do, what to be scared about, what not to be scared about, I guess. But I'll say anyway, um, (laughs) live your life, but be smart, wash your hands, and don't get on any cruises that you don't have to be on. (laughs) <laughs> right i would say i would opt out out, out of all cruises from now on and right, uh, just in general i think the coronavirus news, aside yeah <laughs> yeah i would never go on a cruise um unless it was maybe like bouncing off the coast somewhere where i wasn't like actually out in the middle of an ocean right <laughs> but yeah, um, who needs the isolation in the international waters right I'm not down for that. I've seen too many YouTube videos of like giant waves bouncing like cruise ships around. So I was like, yeah, I won't have any part of that on top of like disease. (laughs) Yeah. You just brought up like some crazy breaking news. That's something about the NBA that was coronavirus related. Yeah. They suspended the rest of the regular season, which is pretty hard to comprehend. I don't, Actually, I know for a fact this has never happened, aside from NBA lockouts, but that's a completely different issue. That Those are typically in regards to you know, budget agreements or disagreements with the Players Association and the teams themselves. This is pretty groundbreaking on that level, yeah. just in terms of the NBA. That is crazy, because the like, season still has a few months left too, right? Yeah, I think they were... There's something like 15 regular season games left, give or take, depending on your team. Yeah. But then, yeah, playoffs and the championship. Yeah, it usually goes into like June, so that's nuts. Well, and do you want to hear my really selfish confession? Yeah. This is the, it's the second thing I thought of. First thing <laughs> I thought of was, oh, well, you know, it's, basketball's always been my fourth favorite sport. So, I mean, it sucks, but it could be worse. 
What's yeah. worse is that I don't see how this doesn't happen with hockey and the Avalanche are having one of the best seasons they've had in years. Oh, really? This is awful news, Chad. That is awful news. And I'm kind of like a fair weather hockey fan. And I've been really disappointed with the Wild, and they've been on a tear too. They went from being almost last place in their division, and now they are in the wild card chase. So, yeah, that would be very disappointing. I agree. I, and again, <laughs> selfishly, of course, I want everyone to be okay first and foremost. But this is selfish, Jamie, talking right about <laughs> right. His You're in the like. If this is all a big overreaction and the NHL season gets uh, suspended, and my avalanche, who are on a tear, they're just going to, you're never going to know what could have happened. That's that's a great way to put it, yes. <laughs> oh, so it was like Tom Hanks and his wife have coronavirus? That was the tweet I saw. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah I'm just reading the headline here. The world's coming to an end. That's it funny because uh, I'll just hop into. I've been kind of watching the same thing here, kind of on and off, um, outside of Robotech. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is funny. Just a, f- a few months ago, it was like maybe right before like the Christmas holiday. At work, we were at lunch, kind of joking around about, um, oh, it's probably like a recession is going to be coming right around the corner, and we're about due for a pandemic. And look at that. Yeah, it must have been right before like the stuff like in Wuhan, all that was breaking out. So yeah. See, yeah. our my it, conspiracy theory has been like this has all been like a ruse. This was created to distract us from uh was it the Taiwan or Hong Kong protest? Oh. Yeah. See, we you forgot already. I see, yeah. I yeah. it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Duped again again <laughs> yeah but outside of the news i've been i'm almost finished with the uh first saga in the robotech series which is i think about 30 something episodes about 20 minutes okay. each so so good so good i don't ever know i don't know if I you don't... ever dabble in the anime but this was like a uh an american produced anime and it's just kind of mind-boggling that this was actually on like network TV in like the early to mid eighties. It's just so good. It's just like real life space drama, space soap opera. It's so good. I definitely recommend it. If you haven't watched that before, I've never seen an episode nor have I heard of it, but where, where are you watching this? Netflix. It is on Netflix. Oh, that's why it's, Its popularity has spiked, uh, according to IMDb. I'm talking up, like, uh, 1,285 points, which is a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, at least the first, the it's called the Macross Saga, is, like, the first. It's, like, broken up into, like, three chunks. Just the Macross, Macross Saga portion of it is just, it is really good. I get a chance at least try to do like the even like the first three or four episodes or just like watch an hour of it okay. it's just like the i the action just the um art direction behind um you know there's lots of like mech stuff but just how 
um, you know, like earth got like this technology has to deal with like an alien spacecraft and how that kind of changed the world. Cause like it kind of created world peace. Cause like all of a sudden there's like this knowledge of like this existential threat outside of planet earth. So yeah, it's really good. Interesting. <laughs> it's really did good. You, but, did you ever watch, um, neon Genesis Evangelion? Yes. Yes. How does it compare to that? I've, I've seen a couple episodes of that. It's, I would say, because I was a big fan of Evangelion too, and I would uh-huh. say, man, I don't know. It's hard. I would say like the amount of action, there's more of that, and it's way cooler in um, Robotech, and it's not as like, I feel like a lot of the story stuff in Evangelion is kind of maybe ambiguous at times. It's really hard to follow. There's some like deep stuff going on there, like with the, like the, the mechs that they control is actually like some genetic, like DNA shit from all of their mothers and which is really cool. But I don't know. It's a, probably a push. So I think there's okay. one I'll has push. maybe some strengths. The other doesn't. So, but yeah, the, the, the drama and the character development of Robotech as like, as I've been watching it, it's just been like blowing my mind that, um, that that was from the early eighties. So it's really good. I'll add it to the queue. Yeah. Do it. Give it a shot. Like at least watch like one hour of it. And like the sound (laughs) for me, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Yeah, and even like the soundtrack to it too is so good. It's like See, I wish you would have told me this before I started my leave because then I really could have dove right into it. Yeah, you could have just burned through that. Yeah. But if the coronavirus keeps pace, you know, we'll all be working from home and watching Robotech. (laughs) So Right. Oh. Anyway, should we dive into our topic of the week? Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. All right. So they live. Um, I just want to uh, say from the get go, like this is this is a good movie, but a bad movie kind of at the same time. Because <laughs> like yes. I feel like there's nothing. There's like a really good story there, just maybe poorly executed and maybe like 30 minutes too long, but. I was trying to think like, what is like a comparable to this movie? And I was kind of having a hard time finding something that was comparable to the story. Um, But the only thing I could really come up with was kind of like the matrix where it was like, just because whatever, it's the whole idea of like what you see is not like there's something, you know, kind of, uh, there's some darker things going on behind like your illusions kind of everything is an illusion basically in this movie. And like the whole idea of being controlled by you're being controlled by your TV, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I, I like the matrix comparison. My initial thought was invasion of the body snatchers, but I don't think that really works. And I'll tell you why, because they live is more of a um 
discovery film for something that's been going on, you know, uh, for Roddy Piper's entire life. Whereas the body snatchers is something, it's an invasion film where, um, you know, you're witnessing the change in real time and both characters are trying to convince people of, you know, an altered reality. Yeah. But I feel that body snatchers is different in the sense that, uh, you know, with they live, the damage has been done. So, right. so body snatchers you know, is it, like the prequel to they live. Yeah. And body snatchers is like, we can save this. You know, yeah. if we do this right and tell everybody right. we can save this. So I think that the task is taller and they live because the damage has already been done. Right. Right. So this is a, and this is your first time watching this film, right? Yeah. You said? Yeah. So this is one I've, I've seen a couple times and I wish I could have found it too. I have like an old Starlog magazine from 1987 or 88 where there's an article about the making of they live. And that's what originally had piqued my interest. And like, it was kind of like a movie that I had sought after for some time. And back when, you know, film wasn't as accessible as, as it is today. But, um, why don't you, do you want to just kind of tell me like what you liked about this film? Like what you think works and doesn't work, even though like we've kind of already said that it's, it's a good film and a bad film kind of at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think what I first noticed when I was watching this and I loved this aspect of it is we, um, are first introduced to, you know, Roddy Piper as he's, making his way through i i think we're in los angeles but i'm not sure yep um only john carpenter would say you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make the setting a homeless camp and those are (laughs) gonna be the characters yeah with which we're gonna start this movie (laughs) i'm i choose blue collar union workers and a homeless camp so, you know, and I think in that way, I, I don't know if this could be his first movie because you really, you kind of have to trust him already to hop in and say, all right, John, where are we going? You know, yeah. what, where are you leading me here? <laughs> but I, at the same time, it's, it's really compelling and, you know, it's, I, I didn't know anything about this film. I, I, I heard about the sunglasses and mm-hmm. I knew it was, you know, some sort of alien or monster situation. But yeah, I, I for me, my favorite uh, parts of this film, honestly, were, you know, before it kind of goes all B movie off the wall where, you know, Roddy Piper's just this quiet searching protagonist. And, you know, this homeless camp is this kind of breathing world. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out what's going on in the church. You know, what are they talking about? And, you know, the mystery of the thing is always more fun until you find out the thing. Right, right. And, yeah, the, tr- the trick is making the thing fun enough to stick the landing. Right. Which I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, you get to the point. I mean, oh, never mind. My neighbor's dog just started barking. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like... The thing I like about this movie is 
think there's some cool concepts in this film. Like I like the whole idea with like the homeless encampment. It, there's like this working class vibe with like the union workers and um, the whole idea of like the rich and powerful that are controlling everything are the fucking aliens. And um, the whole idea of like, there's other humans out there that are kind of selling out, you know, others for like a, yeah. a part of that wealth. Um, I like the idea that to, the, the, to break the signals was just like putting on these sunglasses. Um, yeah. And it's, it's the, um, again, it just plays into that whole, like, kill your TV, man. But um, that doesn't bode well for us today. Well, I mean, I feel like sitting and watching TV now has become maybe more acceptable <laughs> for the most part. But, um, yeah, just, I, I did kind of, I was just, I was like, going to do, like, another quick rewatch again. I was like, well, I'll start rewatching it kind of halfway through. I kind of know the first part well enough. And I was like, oh, there's actually kind of, a message of like climate change in here too. Like how they're explaining, um, and like the pop-up like pirate TV things that are breaking through like the, the television broadcast and explaining like yeah. the, the CFCs that are in the air pollutants are actually the aliens are, or like they don't really say aliens, but there's another force that are trying to like kind of, um, what, like they're, Har- kind of harvest not harvesting and col- colonizing this planet and they're changing the environment to suit them um it's kind of the whole idea of colonization and the thing i never really picked up before but that's what i think the movie does well um i think when the movie starts to go like last action hero it's, that's <laughs> where the can- the wheels really start to fall off and there's lo- lots of time that's wasted um right but do you kind of feel the same too or I do and yeah. it's um I like that you point out the uh sort of colonization or class warfare because I think it's really cool and probably why John Carpenter has all the street cred that he has is for an established director like he just I don't know he never seemed jaded you know by all of his success yeah he, um, you know, it seems like he took great pains to follow characters and ideas that, um, you know, make it very, very clear that he is not the man, right? <laughs> you right. know, and I, I think that his fans have rewarded him for that. You know, his he's very authentic. Yeah, and. He, you know, he made this movie for himself, it would seem, and his fans, and I think he's beloved for that. So what was your knowledge of uh, Roddy Piper before this film? Absolutely nothing. I am a complete <laughs> novice when it comes to wrestling. I Yeah. But I, I know that you have quite the... Um, quite the uh, back catalog of knowledge, right? A little bit like I just know him from like the early days of like the WWE. I was, which when I was actually really into wrestling. So probably like you're saying, you're this is like WrestleMania one through three era. Your your Hulkamania, your Andre the Giant, you know Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. Um, era of wrestling, <clears throat> but um, 
yeah so i always kind of loved like that that character that he he portrayed so it's always always a good laugh a good laugh um is this the uh, rick he, Blair uh, era too yeah no bro where did he come later I think Ric Flair was a little bit later and he was the, the it was like the WCW. So it was like the WCW and like the WWF, um, which would later become the WWE. Um, yeah, so like for the longest time, there was kind of like these two different wrestling um, organizations that were kind of going toe to toe for trying to gain like market share, but, like the WWF was kind of always like the better one. Okay. But then I think they eventually like combined into the WWE, which I mean I can't stand wrestling now, but um, yeah, it probably saved my life, and that's a story for a different time. Um, but yeah. So just speaking about Roddy Piper too, the uh, I think probably the one of the most famous lines from this movie that has, I mean, if you say it, people have probably have heard it before, but maybe don't really know where it comes from. I know it often gets, often is thought to come from uh, like Duke Nukem was the, uh, I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> Which is so awesome. But like Piper he pulled that out of he had like a, a book of like one liners that he would keep on him that he would use for like his like pre match like shit talking, you know? And that was one of them. So like Carpenter just let him fly with ad libbing ad libbing that. So that's about it, how I like <laughs> of as far as like his contribution to that, but like the second part of the film is just I mean, obviously, uh, acting is not his. Act, maybe acting in film is not his strong suit. Versus <laughs> which, the TV wrestler, <laughs> which is so funny because I, it makes sense when you put it in that context because that line comes out of nowhere. He just walks into the bank right. and <laughs> right. like what? Right, you never had any gum. Right, who right. who took it away from you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, this movie also stars Keith David, uh, who plays Frank Armitage, and uh, which we know Keith David from one of your favorite movies, The Thing. Yeah, oh, it really um, is. Plays uh yeah. He he survives in the end of at least The Thing, but spoiler alert. But um, Meg Foster, who I always get confused with like another act- actress, I can't remember her name, but uh, plays Holly Thompson, which is like the most like throwaway <laughs> character in a movie. Right. But um, I know I almost wanted to go through and I was going to like do some timestamps and just find like say like, oh, if you once you get to this moment of the movie, you could skip ahead 10 minutes. <laughs> then when you get to this other moment of the movie, skip ahead 15 minutes and like cut about another 30 to 40 minutes out of the film, then you probably would find this movie much more enjoyable. But (laughs) it could definitely be a short film. Yeah. If it was like an hour, 15 minutes, I think that would be a bit sweet spot. Right. But yeah, there's again, it's like, it's such a cool story. just not executed very well. And it would be really cool to see this, um, remade through like a, a modern lens, I think it would be a really cool story. Um, 
man, even like a comic book adaptation or something, something like with like using like the concepts in this film would be really cool to read or see on the screen. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So the story ages well, the <laughs> film itself, not as much, but definitely it's, I think if you're in like that sci-fi and that genre, like definitely you've got to give it, give it a look-sees. Before we go, just let you know, new episodes will drop every Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, let us know how you feel. Share, like, and subscribe. Uh, you can send us your questions or comments to read on the show by following us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. Just find us at Movie Time Machine. Or you can leave questions and leave us reviews and comments um, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, just give you some homework for some upcoming episodes. We will be reviewing... Um, David Fincher's Zodiac and the Social Network. Then we got some episodes coming live too, which will be our final two films of Stanley Kubrick, which were The Shining and Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. So, yeah, check it out. Let us know how you, or let us know what you like about the show. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear from you. We haven't heard from anybody yet, or heard it from anybody in the wild. So. Thank you for listening, um, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.